Welcome to Dream Deep. Stories from inside with Molly and Nikki. Together we share stories, interviews, and ideas about what it means to dream deep and live fully. I'm Molly, a mama to three, a wife and owner of a small business in Virginia, Molly Suzanne, a photography company recently expanding to do custom coloring books and acrylic paintings. I'm Nikki Weaver, an artist, a healer, mover, maker, mama to two, wife to one, and currently building work with incarcerated women and women on the outside through a nonprofit called On the Inside, living in Portland, Oregon. We're back. Here we are. Round yeah. two. <laughs> <laughs> Woo we, we were so famous after our first conversation yes. <laughs> that we're here again. <laughs> oh, love it. Well, what, one of the things that um, Molly and I were sort of talking or, or communicating about this week was, was our ideas around motherhood and, and how we became mothers and thoughts around motherhood. And one of the things that I often think about too, Molly, and this was something I wanted to talk to you about today, is how motherhood has inspired, hindered, broadened our work as artists. And, and it's a conversation I've had with lots of mostly women, but some men, at least in the theater world, um, and then how, how that changes you as a person. So yeah. anyway, that's some of what we'll talk about today, mothering and, and artistry and a uh, how we became mothers and, and how we're here but what else should we talk about molly <laughs> i mean that topic in itself could be quite a few podcasts down the road <laughs> this is going to be a four-hour podcast <laughs> it is yes uh, i love the topic myself i just think that you change so much when i'm it was like hard for me to even wrap my head around 30 minutes, how I could say, or, you know, both of us, but how we could talk about motherhood and, and sort of a short amount of time and in, in a nutshell. Um, but definitely one thing that, that I love about motherhood is it's, it's humbled me and it's definitely inspired me in so many ways. And it's really one thing that I love about how I can relate it to being an artist is I think that when you become a mom and you see your children grow, you really do. You know, it's almost like you become a child again and mm -hmm. you feel like you're, you're reliving part of your own childhood mm -hmm. and, and things that you missed or things that you loved about being a child. It's like, you get to, to go through that again, mm -hmm. like painting with my girls, you know, that, I love to paint and I love to create in that way more so in the last year. And so that's really been fun to be able to do that with them and create, you know, alongside of them and, and just kind of seeing, especially as my kids are getting older and having that conversation with them about creating and what they love. And um, so that's, been, that's one huge part of, you know, how that inspires me artistically is, is, you know, and then I think also just that innocence of a child mm. as well, seeing that 
they get excited about little things like the candles, like, wow, that's so cool. You know, like I want to, I want to have that back in my life and, and not worry so much about what people think of me or how is this going to affect, you know, I think that as you get older, all of a sudden that starts creeping in to your, to our, it's kind of part of our society is like, especially with social media and everything. Um, so it's just kind of getting back to that. I don't care what anybody thinks. This is, this is me. This is what I love. This is my art. This is, you know, that I love that about, about my kids. Uh, it, Molly, how old were you when you became a mom? So I was 23 mm -hmm. when I had Layla, mm -hmm. which is now that I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was a baby. <laughs> I was a baby having a baby. <laughs> Did you always want to have kids? Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it was something that I was, it was very intriguing and very exciting and a lot of my friends were doing it at that time. And so I'm like, let's do this. You know, there wasn't a lot of thought put into it, to be honest. It was just like, all right, here we go. You know, mm -hmm. kind of like walking into the unknown, but knowing that you would learn along the way. And, and Molly, your kids, you have three kids, all um, from the same partner or from separate relationships or? From the same partner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. So, so my oldest is 12. My middle is 11 and my youngest is eight. Wow. Yeah. And what do you, what do you think, um, the hardest part of motherhood or, or even becoming a mother has been for you at this point in time? I, I think for me, it changes maybe with, yeah. as, as they grow, but often it changes day to day yeah, um, depending on sure. the environment or household or um lots of things but uh yeah it's something I think about what 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 do you think's been the hardest part I think probably the hardest part for my personality has been letting go of perfection mm. I think that I tend to be very I want things a certain way. I want the house a certain way. I want it clean. I want it tidy. I want things picked up visually. I don't like a lot of clutter. And I think just letting go of that and being like, you know what? I might go to bed with toys on the floor or, I mean, not as much now that they're older, but it used to be like toys around and, um, and just kind of embracing the chaos and just saying, you know what? It's not a big deal. And I think that that was, and can be so hard for me at times. I, I catch myself, you know, <laughs> Woo <-hoo>! um, <laughs> real world. <laughs> I know, right? uh, um, yeah. So that's, that's a, that would be one. And just probably having patience and slowing down. Mm -hmm. I can be like a thousand miles a minute sometimes and just slowing down and looking into their eyes and listening to them and kind of, not always being so focused in on what I'm doing, but also knowing like, this is their childhood. This is their, this is their world. And I want that to be comfortable and safe and loving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What would you say? <laughs> um, what, one, one of the, the things that I often say about parenting is that it's the longest improvisation lesson I've ever been in. Mm -hmm. And every time I think I've like learned the tool or figured out the skill set, it's gone <laughs> and yeah. it changes or my kids have a new behavior or a new interest or, um, 
I, I, so I, I constantly, I constantly feel that parenting is like a, a stumbling or like I'm dancing on hot coals yep. uh, and, and it's embracing the chaos, something you mentioned. Uh, I think really, you, you know, I wasn't sure I wanted to have kids. I have two girls for those of you listening that, that don't know me or Molly, um, Margot, who's eight and then Elliot, who is six. And really, uh, as Brian and I talked, my partner and I, you know, he always wanted to have kids and there's an age gap or nine years difference. And so when he sort of mentioned that, I thought, oh, I think I could I could have a kid, you know, but what would that look like? My parents, my mom was 11 years older than my dad and she always wanted kids, but he didn't. And so that I know was a big point of tension, discussion in their relationship. And she had me when she was 39 um, which, you know, back then was old and, you know, would there be complications with my birth? And she said to me, you know, as I grew up, the first thing I did when you were born, Nikki, is I counted your toes, your fingers. I drank a glass of fresh squeezed lemonade. And then I handed you to your dad and I went to sleep for a long time. <laughs> and I thought, oh, you know, it didn't make sense to me as a kid, but now of course I'm like, man, yeah, having a baby squeezing something out of your vagina or however you choose yeah. to give birth or adopt or bring a child into your life it is a process and it looks so different person to person and you know both my kids were water births in the same bathtub the same midwife team and i really believed when i went into it that that my body could do anything and that women all over the world had had births in different experiences, different circumstances, standing, squatting with full medical teams, with no medical team. And uh, I just remember thinking that if the midwife carries her name, if she had said, all right, Nikki, we have to amputate your leg now, I would have said, all right, let's take it, you know, and uh, <laughs> it was yeah. an experience that I, that I still have a difficult time explaining or talking about, but animalistic is like one word that I think of as birthing. And, um, you know, Brian was right there too in the tub both times. And uh, Margo, our oldest, watched the Elliot, our youngest being born. And two of my other girlfriends were in the room also watching the process. And, uh, you know, it felt like a team. So birthing was an experience that I wouldn't trade and and profoundly like opening and, and maybe the beginning of motherhood is the moment you have sex maybe it's the moment you think about having a child mm -hmm. maybe it's the moment of birth I, I don't really know or when when the journey of motherhood begins maybe it's just having the thought uh but uh yeah it's been transformative and then for many years as you know molly i lost my mom when i was 10 mm -hmm. and so i spent a lot of time sort of wondering would i be able to do it? Would I get it right? Yeah. Like how, how would I learn to parent if I hadn't had a mother around as I was growing up to sort of look at, remember, or ask the questions to? And I have a stepmother that I'm close to, and, and we've had conversations about, you know, she'd always wanted a child from her own body, never did. I moved into her life when I was 10. And so she said, in some ways, you know, you became my child. And, and I got that journey, that experience. Yeah. And so there's been plenty of women. And I think it's one of the reasons I'm super interested in women as I've grown up and continue to grow up that uh, I've wanted to learn from. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that's a little of my journey into, into mothering, parenting. And the hardest part is how often it changes. <laughs> yes. Isn't that the truth? 
And it's so um, wonderful, isn't it? You know, it's it, so wonderful. And, and you, I don't think you ever stop growing and learning as a human and especially as a mother or a parent. And you're always, you know, evolving like your word for this year. Um, and it is truly, I think it, I, the word that it keeps coming back to me is definitely like humbling. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's not about just you anymore. And I know that that changes a lot when you get married or have a partner as well. But, you know, I think we tend to be as a society, as humans, kind of a selfish or narcissistic sort of behavior and and way of life. And I think looking back at my life before kids, it's crazy to think like a teenager before, you know, because I was only 23 when I had Layla. Um, But just a very like, so like, kind of like looking through, you know, a tunnel, like it was just very about my world. Um, So I think having children has really broadened my scope of society and how, you know, the kids can be a light for someone else or helpful for someone else. Like as much as I can remember to tell them in the mornings before they go off to school, I'll say, be kind to someone or be a light to someone today or do something, you know, and they're like, well, what if I don't have an opportunity? I'm like, well, you could give someone a compliment. <laughs> I'm like, if they drop their book, help them pick up their book. They're like, well, what if they don't drop their book? I'm like, well, tell them they look pretty today or tell them you like their hair or, <laughs> or whatever. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's amazing. I love that. It makes me think. So you were 23 when you had Layla. I was 28 when I had Margot. Okay. And I still remember, you know, like you say, Molly, I was 25 when I got married and I was like, I didn't know anything. I was just taking yeah. a gamble. Like what, what? And, yeah. you know, relationships are hard. Mothering, parenting is harder. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know. We, we could debate that. Yeah. <laughs> but even at 28, you know, in the bathtub, I remember when she was born and she sort of just came out of my body. I almost like dropped her in the water and, and she was born with her eyes wide open. She didn't cry. She had the umbilical cord around her neck twice. The midwife quickly leaned over and unwrapped it. But because of her like stare, yeah. she was so compelling to me. And I'm certain it's because, you know, you hold something inside of your body for nine months and then suddenly it's revealed to you like this piece of art and it's, Amazing. you know, mesmerizing. But I, I it, it felt to me as though she had been here before and she knew me more than I knew her. So there is also this like fear I had of sort of looking at her of like, how am I supposed to take care or know what to do and and I remember when the midwife after the two nights you know this birthing center said okay and you're all ready to go home I was like what no we're we're, we're definitely not (laughs) and you know know. the manual and the instructions (laughs) yes oh my gosh I totally remember the feeling of um and it's just to go back it's so interesting you say that about the cord wrapped around her neck twice Layla was exactly the same both my girls were actually were they? yeah wow. the, the, the second one and Molly Elliot was blue when she was born and my first thought was oh we, we had a stillborn you know really? I just didn't process it and they gave her mouth to mouth right away and then she you know shot to life with a loud screaming pitch that lasted you know 20 minutes or so but it it 
it was, yeah, the, the cord is a fascinating thing. So Layla had it around her neck. Yeah. And she was, she was blue as well. Um, and very limp, like did not, did not seem like she was my, see my sister and my mom were in the room. Mm. So, and they're both nurses. And so they looked at each other like, uh Oh, like, this is not good, you know, kind of thing. But I was kind of in this, like this dream world. Like I didn't even really realize what was going on. And the doctor was so uh, peaceful and calm that I didn't even realize anything was wrong. Mm. She just kind of like, they, you know, put her on my chest for a little bit, but then they took her over to the lamp and they were like doing things and assessing. And I'm still like, what happened? You know? So I just didn't even realize that it was a concern or that something could be wrong. Um, but thankfully Layla's healthy and she's uh, running around. <laughs> she's perfectly fine. <laughs> so, but that's oh, great. That's yeah, good similarity. So similar. Yeah, so yeah. similar. I, I'm curious too, Molly, I, I know in your world, your kids have, do you call them two dads? Do they go back and forth with your, your, your current partner and your, your former partner? So, um, that's a fairly new transition for them ish. I mean, we got married, my new partner and I, Brad got married in September. Um, so it hasn't even been a year and they are, um, they're really, it's amazing. Sorry, my dog's snoring. <laughs> <laughs> real life I love it um, we're not cutting or editing anything no, uh -uh. <laughs> um, it's amazing seeing that whole transition and also uh, their dad's soon-to-be wife you know I love that they have kind of embraced that and at the beginning it was hard for them they call him Brad they don't call him dad um, mm -hmm. and but it's, you know, we kind of look at it as it's like two more partners to be supportive in their lives. And for me, it was really hard at the beginning to think of another woman having just as much time as me with my kids. That's sort mm -hmm. of what went through my mind. But then I looked at it as, you know, it's someone else to be supportive in their life. And, um, and then I looked at it as like, you know, in, <laughs> sorry, so distracting. <laughs> I love the snoring. I, I should start snoring too, <laughs> just in case our listeners are taking a nap while they're right. listening to this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, anyways, um, yeah, it's. It, I'm super thankful that they've embraced it as much as they have, and they're super happy. And um, you know, and I'm, I'm happy for their dad's partner and their, you know, it's, it's reciprocal. So, um, it's worked out really well. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that. I love that. You know, it's, it's funny because, um, it makes me think about, I'm an only child, child of divorce. I know lots of friends that are navigating, should they have another child or not? Should they get yeah. divorced or not? Yeah. Uh, and, and looking at the pros and cons uh, of all of those things. And I mean, two large things, right? Having more kids, getting divorced, staying together. And, yeah. and one of the things that I often think about is that having more people to help, whether it's, it's a tribe or family members or friends that yeah. can help parent your kids, you know, especially this year, pandemic year, when we've had this school pod, 
I've been so grateful for the other parents uh, and non-parents that are taking care of my kids when I need a break or want to step out. But it's it's kind of made me think about um, in any kind of partnership how different parents parent um, yes. and wanting to sort of like spend some time, you know, checking in with you, asking the question, the challenges of how different parents or partners parent um, and how, how you navigate that in, in your right. life. Yeah, it is. It's, um, I think for a long time, I, at the, well, I should say at the beginning when I went through my divorce, I think it was definitely hard for me to think about certain changes. Um, and I think this is why support groups are so important is just knowing that there's other people with so many different situations around the world and that are, you know, making the best of whatever situation they have and learning from each other. And I think that that has really helped me tremendously in moving forward with, you know, finding happiness with wherever you're at. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm actually reading a book. Well, I've read it so many times, but it's a, about joy with, it's the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then they talk about joy and, you know, and exile and, and just all of these different things that they, they can still find that joy. And I think that that has been this past year is really, you know, it's been more joyful and, and just lots of, um, just happiness, even in, even in the trenches of, you know, I talk about the, there, there needs to be you know, with the kids, like the analogy of the storm to have the rainbow, mm -hmm. just kind of how like, you know, we, I think that we, when we compare the trials in our life, we can see the beauty in it as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, just kind of learning through all of those situations. I love that. Yeah, that, that we have to be in the storm to, to get to the rainbow, to see the rainbow. Um, yeah, absolutely. the storm doesn't always seem like the most fun place to be <laughs> at the time it's it never is and never does yeah and, and yet I, I think so many of us recognize that that's often the place of change transformation where we uncover what it is we want or who we are yeah absolutely it, yeah you, you mentioned earlier Molly you become a child again when, when you have a, a child or, or become a parent um and as I think about that, that, that's sometimes how I think about different parents parenting, you know, Brian parents in different ways than I do. And some of it I'm in support of and other ways I'm like, you just want to play video games with them? <laughs> you know, okay, right. like let the judgment go. Like right. that, that's his thing. That is awesome. Yeah. Try right. to find ways to find my own ways of showing support. Um, because it's true. We all do things differently. And you spoke of earlier too. I like order. I like things put away. I like things cleaned up. And Brian often says things to me like, yeah, when you're away, we don't pick anything up we for an entire that. week. <laughs> and I'm like, don't even, don't mention that ever again. Exactly. When I come home, I remember coming home from one trip away and I, literally had to call him because I thought we might have been robbed the state of the house are you serious <laughs> oh it was God. so chaotic to me Molly I sort of thought how could he live like this for a week but yeah you know, different parent parenting right so I think in that uh, of letting go 
finding more acceptance, finding more humor rather than judgment. And humor has been like a great key in our relationship to coming back together um, so as we navigated it, you know, so. Um, I agree 100%. I feel like that is one thing that, you know, with Brad and I, when we have disagreements or we have something that we don't, you know, see eye to eye on, it's like the last, sometimes I'll have like the last little, the little last comment and it'll always make me laugh and I'll be like, all right, come here. (laughs) And it does, it helps so much. And my parents always say that like humor and laughter is the best medicine. It's cliche, but it's so true. Yeah, it is. It it, it is. Um, There was a quote that I looked up. You've probably heard it. We're both artists. Pablo Picasso, who says, every child is an artist. The problem is how to remain an artist once he grows up. Yes. I love that. Me too. Me too. And and it, and it is it is challenging, right? To to come back to being an artist, to looking at our kids, like your kids, my kids, love to paint. Last night I was in the bathtub and one of them followed me into the bathroom and said, "Can I draw your portrait?" And I sort oh. of uh, now, like, <laughs> what what part of me are you drawing right now? <laughs> um, and the other one was downstairs writing a story, you know. So I thought they exhibit their artistry in so many ways. And, you know, I think I've always been encouraged to be an artist, but I recognize a lot of people are not encouraged to be artists. And uh, I'm curious about how you encourage your children as they're growing too. Yeah. I mean, I would say one of the, the biggest things for the kids that I try to always encourage them is just to be yourself. If you love that, if you want to do that, then do it. You know, don't let someone else tell you that you can't, that you won't be able to, um, mm. that you won't have enough money, that you won't, you know, like all these things, you know, and even with school, like just do your best. If that's your best, then I'm proud of you. If it's a D and that was your best, then awesome. You know, I was not, I was not book smart. I didn't get the best grades. Um, and so I just encourage them to be themselves and to try their best, you know, in anything they do. I love it. I love it. I have sort of two, two final questions, Molly, I thought is, um, what, what advice would you give, uh, to your kids, um, or to someone else's kids out there that might need some encouragement? Their piece of advice? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I think right now with the pandemic and with everything we're going through, I think we can feel very alone, even though we're not physically always alone, we can feel very isolated or very, um, yeah, just kind of, it's, it's a, it's depressing when you feel like you, you don't have someone to turn to, or you don't have someone to, um, to talk with. And, and so I would say just like, you know, one, one big thing is just calling the troops if you need to, mm. you know, and don't try to do it all yourself and, um, you know, have a buddy system. I think that that's really huge. You know, Brad's my partner and he's someone that he's my best friend. I can turn to, even if I just, I'm like, I'm not doing well today, or I'm not feeling, you know, this day, I just need, I need support or someone to talk to. Um, I think that's a big one is just, you know, I think a lot of us are at home working from home and it just helps me so much to like chat with you and have, have like neighbors. It's just so uplifting 
you know, to have kind of that support system, that community. I I agree. Yeah. Building the support system, building the people that you want in your life or or calling them in, sending the random text messages, emails and and seeing if there's response, which is kind of how we became friends. Right. You know, absolutely. Once here we are podcasts round two. (laughs) I love it. High five. (laughs) Bang. You know, um, it's funny when I think about that question, I was thinking about that earlier today. What's what's the advice that I I give to my kids or like you said earlier in this chat of the things that you say to your kids before they run out the door or head off to school one of the things I often find um, that I say a lot to our girls is ask the questions don't assume and I think that's come up a lot in our community around gender around race around protests around pandemic um And it's so interesting to me, whether it's been the COVID schooling system and everything being virtual, but our oldest, Margot, often before she asks a question, often says, can I ask a question? Hmm. And I always sort of say, "Uh, yes. And now I start, now I'm often saying, no, we don't take questions here. We don't take any questions, you know? (laughs) And, And I've sort of, it's been interesting to me to reflect on, is that learned behavior? Is that the virtual schooling behavior? Because you don't want to interrupt the teacher and you're not physically in person. So you're not raising your hand, but but daily, she says that to me. Can I ask a question? Can I ask a question? Can I ask a question? So I'm like, this is awesome. And just ask the question. (laughs) Um, So that was one thing I was thinking of. And then part two, Molly, and and then maybe we can end with a centering like we did last time. Um, But I'm curious about for anyone that's listening that is either looking or wanting to become a parent, is there a piece of advice, words of wisdom, something that you might offer to someone that's wanting to become a parent? Yeah, I would say a lot of times we we want to plan, we want to overthink when financially ready. You're never truly ready to be a parent. I believe I you know and you just kind of jump into it and you have faith and you just have to forget about the fear or the insecurity or like, Oh, am I going to do this right? You're not, but that's where you learn. That's where you grow Mm -hmm. is the mistakes you make and you do it better the next time and you move on. Mm -hmm. And it's the best journey in the entire world. I mean, it is truly incredible to be a mom and to be a parent. And what, what would you say, Nikki? (laughs) (laughs) um so fascinating um yeah I think that it's the journey into the unknown it's the journey into the unknown and it's uh it's the most exciting challenging adventure that you get to take it is Um, and it's different than traveling out in the world because it's a whole world that suddenly arrives in your house. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> yeah, and, and just like our world changes and COVID has changed us and, you know, parenting or partners or friendships change us. Um, it's, yeah. a, it's a stunning thing to witness someone grow, learn, think, understand something for the first time. That's very um, true. Yeah, it's one of the... the amazing things to me about parenting and often deeply frustrating (laughs) yeah oh yeah (laughs) you're like how can't you not get this This you're like okay 
brain uh-huh. death. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The first time they're learning this, so have patience. Yeah, that's where the patience, the patience piece comes in. I was gonna say that it's just it. You know, you have to have a tremendous amount of patience. There you go, patience. Yeah, experience for sure. And endurance. It, it is an endurance sport, parenting, isn't it? You know, it sure is. Absolutely. Well, one thing I wanted to mention for anyone that's listening is Molly and I made a little owl artist collaboration virtually (laughs) that you can experience (laughs) with Molly's beautiful artwork. And we made a candle together with the rosemary and vetiver scent. It's a sweet little package if anyone's listening that wants a little home uh, update, some smells, some artwork. And you also get a little 30 minute conversation with the two of us reflecting on our own experience, wisdom journeys around seeing owls in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Well, okay. end, end with a little centering. Um, we'll keep it short and sweet. Um, so take a moment. If you're able to, you might soften your eyes. You might close your eyes, whatever floats your boat. And then you can sit upwards or you can lay down and just offering yourself two minutes here to just pause in your day, in your evening, or as you're waking up. And take a moment here and place your hand on your belly if you're able to. And then I just want you to notice your belly button, how often you've touched this part. Maybe you're like sticking your finger into your gut. (laughs) And maybe you never touch your belly, maybe you always do. And then just notice that belly button. So that center of your belly that was once connected to another life. Your mother. For some that can be a spot of tenderness. For some it's a spot of pain. For some it's a spot of deep love. Just notice what comes up is you remember once being connected to another human being in this center of your body. And then if you're able to, an invitation to soften your brow softening your jaw and see if you can bring breath right into your belly a sense of softening your butt and expanding this center of your body so for some of us life lives in this part of our body when we're with child for some of you listening this might be a place where you want life to live or maybe where you don't And the opportunity to allow the breath to move freely. Just notice the feelings, emotions that come up as you reflect on being connected to your mother at one point in time. And how this sense of connection has either grown in your life or created separation in your life. in a sense that even though we were once connected to another being, this is also the center of our own creative centers. Often in yoga, Indian traditions, this is the center of creativity, this part of the body. Where ideas, where our sexual desires, where our intuition comes into the gut. Deepening your breath here. In a sense of breathing into this center, 
offering yourself this creative connection, this practice of dropping in to whatever it is you want today in this moment in time. And allowing your mother, that part of your history, to be a part of your practice moving forward in your life. That we carry our ancestors with us as we move forward in time, whether we're in conversation with them or not. You might like to keep your hands here on the center of the body or slowly beginning to release your hands. Just allowing your eyes to come back to your world, to your space, to your day, to your night, whenever you're ready. Maybe you're snoring like Molly's dog. <laughs> starting to, um, did you hear her start to, she was dreaming. So she was starting to. Well, I'd like you next episode to share her dreams with us. <laughs> there you go. I will ask her about her dreams. Perfect. I know you can speak dog. Oh, for sure. <laughs> well, next time, next time we gather, Molly and I are excited to interview our children. So in, in this sort of conversation, centering connection around motherhood and what parenting has meant to us, we, we've both embarked on a task to interview our children. So in the next few episodes, as we gather, you'll get to hear some wisdom from our youngsters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to say today, Molly, or share? I don't think so. Thanks for tuning in and for listening. And we're really excited to share all these, you know, fun things and learn along with you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being a part of our journey and lots of love wherever you are in your world today. Bye. Bye. <laughs>